we're careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, Father. Thank you, Father, this morning for your body mercy and your body grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Welcome home. Amen. We welcome all of you this morning. Amen. All of our family and our friends, all of our, uh, our members, our returning guests, and of, and of course, those of you who are watching us online, we welcome you this morning. We thank you that despite whatever is taking place, God is still on the throne. And this morning, we're, we're, we're nearing the end of what we've been preaching about for the past six weeks as we're still talking about faith. We've been building, we've been building, building on this message of faith so as to impart faith in the hearts and the minds of people. This morning, we're going to ask you to turn to Mark chapter 4. It's where we're going to begin our initial reading, Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. And as we begin to turn to Mark chapter 4, we're going to thank God for what his word declares. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4. Beginning at verse 35, the scripture declares, And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in a ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning's deposit, where we're going this morning, we're going to declare to you, out of the word of God, your, your confession will equal your possession. Let me say it again. Your confession will equal your possession. You see, when you and I hear the word of God and we don't act on it, then the word of God is nothing more than just words that we've heard. I believe beyond a shadow of doubt that the word serves as the foundation of our faith. It is that basis of which we're resting our faith on, what God has declared. If you are a doer of the word, then there is a conviction that should be resident within you to do and to act on that which God has declared. Now, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. Since faith comes by hearing, it is apparent that you and I must hear the word of God. You see, we're listening to too many things, too many voices out there. Those voices are filling our heart and our mind and they're filling us with what their opinions are and what certain polls have declared and, and what people have come to imagine. But the word of God declares, faith cometh by hearing, and that is hearing the word of God. The word of God. Now, the scripture declares, thy word, O Lord, thy word is honored. Thy word is blessed. Jesus, God says, thy word have I put, I put my word above my name. Huh. That I will obligate myself. I will do all that I declare. Psalm 138.2 declares, you have magnified your word above your name. 
Think about it. God's name is great, and it is greatly to be praised, and yet God has chosen to put his word above his name that if God is great, if God is creator, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, healer, provider, restorer, preparer of the breach, if he is all of that and then some, and then he says, and I have put my word above my name. That should let you and I know just how much credibility we need to realize that the word entails. The authority of God is vested in who God is. And God declares, I have placed my word above my name that when I speak a matter, it will come to pass. So you and I as believers should first have the assurance that when you and I hear the word of God, it is not the word of a man. It is the word of God, and we need to make it so that it has the utmost priority in our lives. The word of God. We must rest on that word, take comfort in that word, trust that word, obey that word, see that word as being our very lives. Matthew 4 and 4 declares, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, God doesn't waste words. When God speaks to you and I, I need you to know that God is going to make sure that we hear what he's declared and that what he's declared, he will bring it to pass. Mm. James 1.25 declares that, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having a and not becoming a forgetful hearer, but an effective doer, this man shall be blessed in all he does. The word of God, the premium of the word of God to do all that God has declared. Now, it's more than just hearing the word with our ear. You see, it is the condition of the heart that God is looking at. That word must be hidden in our heart. Yes, there are many of have heard the word, but they have been hidden the word. Jesus gave the parable about the sower who sowed seed, and, this, and that seed represented the word. And just as soon as the word hit the people's ears, the enemy began to move and steal that word that it could not take root. He says that word was like someone who stole, who sowed the seed on stony ground and the ground was too hard that the word wouldn't take root. He says there were some who sowed the seed and the seed fell. And it fell in some places and when it began to grow up, because they had no substance and no ground in which to set and sexualize its roots, it could not grow. But then there was word that fell on good soil. It brought forth a crop, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Those souls describe each one of our hearts. You see, when the word of God is going forth, does the enemy steal it just as soon as you heard it? Oh. Or maybe it's that the word is going forth, but your heart is hard, and you're saying, I don't believe it. I don't trust that. So your heart is so hard that the word literally bounces off. And doesn't do anything. What about your heart being that ground that you believe for a while, for a season? And when times get hard, when things start going contrary, you give it up. You no longer believe. You see, it's the cares of this world that's begin to choke out what the word literally declares. But for all of you who have a heart that is open and the word is being sown into your heart. I need you to re realize that that word will bring forth a crop in your life. 30, 60, 100 fold. In other words, it will begin to bring forth that which God desires in varying degrees based on how we are operating with that word. How is it that we can all hear the same word and some of us a stationary, we hear it, it blesses us, yes, thank God, but we won't do a lot with it. Uh, 
And then we look at somebody else who heard the very same word and they begin to run with it to such a degree. And later on, we're looking at how did you do this and do that and do that? They said, I heard the same word you heard. And I want you to know that the word will work when you work the word. Uh, you see, you have to know that you are receiving the word of God. Now, there's a thing that's associated with this word. You see, you just can't hear it. There's something called confession. Now, we're used to confession when we hear the negative. If thou shalt confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. You see, we hear of those kind of confessions where it tends to look at we've done something negative. But I need you to know confession is also, in a good sense, in terms of Luke, uh, 1 Timothy 6 and 13, it says that Jesus had a good confession before Pilate. Does that mean that Jesus did anything wrong? No, it doesn't. It means that Jesus' actions, his, his peace, his mannerisms, his confidence remained the same that even though he stood before Pilate, he still was who he was. Not diminished, not brought down to any low position. He still maintained his confidence in God. A good confession. That's why Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 says that all of us must hold fast the confession of our faith. You see, if you're walking in it, you need to literally hold on and make up your mind. There is nothing that will rob you of your confidence, your faith, your assurance in God who declared that he is for you and more than the whole world against you. Oh, confession. So, when we're looking at this confession, Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Let me say it again. If you can only believe, oh, all things are possible. Think about how we quickly short-circuit what God wants to do because we have stopped believing. Last week, we talked with you about the things that God declares. The reason that we don't see the evidence of it right now could be that some of it requires patience, meaning that God will perform it. He's just saying, you just continue to keep your confidence and trust in me. Anybody ever read the, 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 the scriptures in Luke 16 about those 10 lepers who came to Jesus? And they said, Jesus, heal us of our leprosy. Jesus didn't pray for him. He simply said, go show yourself to the priest. And the scripture declares, as they went, they were healed. You see, you never know where your answer is coming from. You want it right now, but God is saying, just walk in what I've declared. And as you go, you begin to see the answer manifest. As they went. You see, too many of us give up on God because we don't see it right now. You stop praying, you stop hoping, you stop believing, and therefore you have already nullified what God had already put in place in your life. Mm. You got to hold on. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It didn't say it's coming right now. It is the evidence of things not seen. So as you go with your confidence in God, you have to trust with an assurance and not waver at all that he who said it will bring it to pass. Now, this is the kind of God faith that he requires that you and I have. What do you mean? When God says in Genesis, and let there be light, there was light. In other words, God spoke the light into existence. And let there be fish and, and, and fowl and every creeping kind of thing upon the earth. He spoke it into existence and it was so. So when God confessed his word, that word itself carried with it the ability of God for it to be manifested. Oh, well, Pastor, why are you sharing that with us? Because I need you to know that we have also been empowered with the same privilege to see things come to pass. 
Notice Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty three, And truly I say unto you, whosoever says unto this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted unto him. Notice that the scripture twice says, literally, the scripture twice literally says, you got to say twice as much as what you say you believe. In other words, whosoever shall say unto this mountain and, and believes later on that what he says shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. Too many of us are saying things, but we're not saying them in faith. The whole lot of folks back in the day, we said talking loud and saying nothing. You got to understand that we, there must be a basis of what we say. Mm. You see, if we're going to speak words concerning what God has declared, then you must apply faith to those words. I've seen enough name it, claim it folks around here. Money coming, money coming, money coming. That's all well and fine. And all you, all somebody got, it's almost like a, a, a somebody said, okay, everybody, come on, just say it, money coming, money coming. You can say it all day, but money won't come if you don't have no faith to believe it. Oh, hallelujah. Turn around and slap three people and tell them, oh, and you can go through every kind of shenanigans. People falling in the boat, slapping people and running all around. All that is fine, but I need you to know that God's word is spirit. And they who are going to see God deal with this must worship in spirit and in truth. So all of our emotion will not bring about what God has declared in the spirit realm. Mm. God is a God of faith. Uh-huh. And so we find out in, Gen in Hebrews 11 and 3, for, with, for by faith, we understand that the worlds which were framed were framed by the word of God. In other words, when God spoke it, it came to pass. Pastor Wilder, you're telling us how much of what you're speaking is coming to pass. You see, when we begin to realize that God speaks, God speaks the end of a matter even before it begins. Ah. So we need not look at what we look at but we need to recognize what God's word has declared about it. So, while you're telling us, uh, Romans 4, 17, says that God who gives life to the dead, and he calls those things which were not as though they were. You see, God is not limited by what's not there. He calls those things which are not as though they were. When he called Abram, he said, Abram, I'm going to change your name and you're going to become the father of a nation. Abram didn't even have a child. And God changed his name to be Abraham. Now, Abraham and Sarah thought, well, we're going to help God out. You see, thanks, too many of us say we're walking in faith and somewhere along the line, I got to help God out. Huh? Uh, look how God blessed me. And, and you give the testimony in church of how he blessed you with this great new car and this, and this, this, that, and the other. But later on, when we feel like listening to you further, well, you know, I had to do this and I had to do this and I had to do this and I had to do that. Well, hold up. When God's blessing comes, he said he adds no sorrow to it. And so too many of us are trying to orchestrate some things on our own and declare that's God. If it is God, God will maintain it. If it's you, then it's up to you to support it. Mm. See, it is the God kind of faith that speaks what it believes. Too many of us are speaking some things, and you're saying a lot of things out of our mouths. We're saying a lot of things. Is, are you telling me that everything that come out of your mouth, you believe it? They're killing me. I'm tired of working this job. They're just killing me. So you're telling me at this point, they're going to kill you on that job. That's what you've been saying. That's what's coming out your mouth. 
Mm-hmm. Lord, every time I take one step, I don't have to go back to. Oh, so you're telling me you'll never measure up. Oh, what's coming out of your mouth now? Mm-hmm. I'll never have no money. I'm tired of being broke. I, oh, so you're living where you're going to always be broke. Huh? In other words, what am I saying? If God's word declares a thing and it comes to pass, don't you know that when he's giving you and I that same privilege that what we're declaring also comes to pass? I've heard some parents talk to their children like they lord and dog. You ain't gonna never be nothing. You're just like your sorry daddy. You're just like your, you know. And every time you look and now later on, that child grown up. Why are you acting like that? That's what you told me. I'm just fulfilling what you told me. I had a friend in the sixth grade, and uh, and and I ran into him later on. And uh, in, in the sixth grade, he was an alcoholic. I never knew how a sixth grader can be an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic at the sixth grade. Why? Because generations or parents or whatever drinking around him, or he's drinking with them, or he's sneaking drinks. But by the sixth grade, he was an alcoholic. I ran into him later on in life. He was about 40, 50 years old. And I said, uh, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? I ain't doing nothing. You know I won't go never be nothing. I said, oh, no, I didn't. No. You see, we have allowed people's words to limit what God's plan is on our life. And we need to watch the words that we speak around people. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. Oh, you see, it is those words that literally take root in the hearts and minds of people. There have been people who have been beat down. You ain't smart. You're not pretty. You're not tall. You're just fat. You're just this. And all those criticisms, sooner or later, they begin to take root. Unless that individual is strong, they begin to abide by what has been declared. Now, those words can take root. Then bottom line, we have to realize that the word of God can also take root if we begin to declare the word of God. There was a story about a concert violinist. She was magnificent. But the thing about it, they say, you practice every day as though, uh, why you practice so often? She says, because my daddy told me I would never be good. And even though now you're on the concert stage worldwide, don't you know how good you are? No. I can't be that good because my daddy told me I would never be that good. You see, there are some things that you and I can aspire to, and they're limited by the negativity of people who you allow to speak into your life. Negativity. Now, notice our scripture that says that, uh, and there arose a fierce gale of wind. They were in the storm. Jesus said to those disciples, let's go over to the other side. And we all know the story. Jesus fell asleep on the ship, on the boat. They awakened him. And, Master, don't you care that we perish? Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind. He spoke to the waves. And they desisted. They desisted at this point. They, they stopped. Jesus says, why are you? You had me on the boat with you. This is me paraphrasing it. Why are you so fearful in your storms right now? You say you have Jesus in your heart. Why are you so fearful that you keep looking at your circumstances rather than looking at your God? Why are you so fearful? It is here that we begin to realize Jesus exercised his authority when he spoke to the wind and the waves. And they obeyed. Thanks, there are things that you and I need to speak to. And we haven't spoken to them yet. And therefore, they continue to persist to cause storms in our lives. And these are things we must speak. Well, when I look at the Matthew 8 and verse 8 and 9, the story about the centurion who came to Jesus' servant was sick. And Jesus is saying, okay, I 
I'm going with you. The centurion says, oh, no. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I, too, am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. To my slave, do this, and he does it. Jesus marveled. I haven't found nobody with this kind of faith. I need you to understand something. This man understood the authority, and he understood that your word, Lord Jesus, I'm a centurion. I'm not a Jew, I'm a centurion. But I understand the power of your word. That when you speak a word, it happens. Now, if this man, being a centurion, understand it, why are we as believers don't understand it? Oh, he speaks the word. Just, I'm not even worthy for you to come into my room. I know who you are, Jesus. But if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. See, when I look at Jeremiah 1.12, the scripture says, I will hasten my word to perform it. In other words, when there is faith involved, God does not drag his feet to perform that which he said he would do. So how many of us are hindering God? He says in Isaiah 55 and 11, for my word will not return unto me until it has accomplished, till it has accomplished that which I sent it out to do. In other words, you can trust God's word will fulfill that which he says if we would only wait, I say, on the Lord. Mm. So Jesus spoke, the wind and the waves obeyed. The centurions understood when he saw Jesus speak concerning his servant. They spoke in faith, spoke believing, spoke knowing that what he said would come to pass. Now, Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 16, gives a story. It says, but also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the seven sons of Sceva, or one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit said unto them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. They got a beat down. You see, they were declaring something that they did not possess. They've seen other people do it, and they thought, because I've seen others do it, that means I can do it. When we begin to act like that, because the pastor did it, because sister so-and-so did it, but I need you to know, be it according to your All of us have been given a measure of faith. But saying some of us have not developed our faith beyond that measure to want to believe God for the mighty thing. Yeah, we're talking a good game. I'm believing God for a million dollars. I'm believing God for a mansion. I'm believing all oh, that's good. Tell me where is your faith? Is your faith at a million dollars? Oh, well, you might, well, how do I begin to measure it? What are you doing with it? Anybody ever read Luke 6, 38? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. What God calls men to give unto your bosom. Now, this is the part. For with the same measure that you give, so shall it be measured back unto you. So, in other words, if you say your faith is at this level, then you and I will begin to trust God with even more than we maybe what others are able to trust God with, knowing with the confidence God will give it back to me. Thanks, I don't give just to get back. I'm giving to worship God. 
But I need you to know, as God blesses me with more and more, then I'm able to give more and more. I look for opportunities to give. I look for opportunities to be a blessing. But those who are closed fists, closed minded, they never open up their hands. And if you can't open up your hand, you can't receive anything else. Mm. So your confession is all about your possession. Too many of us are confessing some things that we have not possessed. And simply because we have to understand now, some of us think, well, that's what Jesus did because he was God. That's what Jesus did. He could do that. Then I need you to look at Luke 10, 19. Because the scripture says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread over scorpions and over serpents and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other words, Jesus delegated that same authority to you and I. Now, what does it look like if I send you to the, to the bank with my ATM card and give you my password, and you say, well, uh, he can do it. The pastor can do it because this is his card. But I gave you my card to use. I gave you the password to go into my account. In other words, I'm saying, I'm trusting you with what I have. Isn't that what Jesus says? I'm trusting you to what, has, what is already mine. But God is, I have it all at this point. And then you and I must realize that if God has given all of that to Jesus and he's delegated it to you and I, we have not because we ask not. Uh, you ever wonder why some things don't happen the way you are? I exercised faith that didn't happen. James 1 says, maybe because you asked the miss. I think that's around verse 17. So you ask to miss. You ask simply because there's something all about pleasing your flesh. Something going to make you look good, feel good, make everybody recognize you. It's all about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, I need you to know God says there ain't in it. You can ask me all day, God, give me that Mercedes, give me that BMW, give me that million dollars, give me. God is not, oh, hold up a minute. I got some other things that are more important than that. So too often we miss God because we're asking for the wrong thing. So Jesus marveled at the centurion and says, oh, I have not seen such great faith. Such great faith. God wants to grow up our faith just like our faith comes as a mustard seed, but he wants to see it grow to the point that it becomes a tree that birds can now build their nests in the midst of it. So all about speaking now, what are you and I saying? What's coming out of our mouth? You see, one of the things I try to share, keep sharing folks that uh, with some of the testimonies and things, they'll give a 15-minute testimony. 14 and a half is all about what they went through. You see, this has happened. I had to go to this person's house, and I had to borrow some money here. And then I, they didn't have it, and I went here, and I, I got all this. And then they go to 15 seconds, and then God bless them. No, no, no. All you did was amplify what the enemy had done. Turn it around. Spend the 14 minutes on what God has done in the one minute on what the problem is. You see, it is the word of God that gives the answer. It's the problem that, that we keep talking about that, now, that, keeps, uh, that doesn't have the solution. Simply because we keep talking the problem rather than talking the solution. The solution is in the word of God. The solution is God's word. So what did Jesus say? He says, speak to your mountain. Whatever that problem is, I don't care how the enemy has told you that you can't pull this problem down. You keep speaking to that problem. Mm. You keep speaking to that problem. You be like somebody, somebody with a chisel trying to carve a, a hole in the wall to break through. Yes, it's going to take some time, but you keep on. That's why the word of God says in Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it shall be given unto you. Is this one time asking? No. Keep on asking. Seek and you shall find. Knock. In other words, continue to knock and knock and knock. Notice Jesus told the story about there was a man who uh, had some neighbors to come 
in the middle of the night, and, and he uh, needed some bread. He didn't have anything to feed him with. And he went to his neighbor's house, even though it was late, and he, kept, and he knocked on his neighbor's door and said, hey, look, I need some bread. I got some friends that came over. And the neighbor says, hey, we're in the bed. We ain't getting up. And we done, we done closed out. Y'all know how it is uh, when I come to y'all house and y'all see it's me and you don't open up the door. <laughs> but anyway, we got to begin to look at it at this point. And, and yet it was through the persistent knocking that the neighbor opened up the door and gave him the bread. What about when Jesus talked about the unjust judge? It says that the woman kept saying, avenge me. Avenge me. She wouldn't stop her every time she saw Benjamin. He's, this judge says, even though I don't fear God and I don't fear man, but because this woman is getting on my nerves, let me do what she said. In other words, she was persistent. Now, if you are persistent to keep knocking, to keep asking, and to keep seeking, don't you know God will meet you there? You're not worrying God. He's honoring your faith to continue, even though the answer is not coming as fast as you want. Tell your neighbor, you better keep asking. So Jesus told, uh, he told those disciples, uh, he told all of them that uh, you speak to the mountain. I need you to know something. The reason, another reason why some of our mountains haven't disappeared is you not speaking to the mountain. Yes, I am, Pastor. Yes, I am. How are you speaking to the mountain? I'm asking God to move them. I'm asking God to do. I'm, but is that what he said? He said, you speak to the mountain. He didn't tell you to pray about the mountain. Too many of you are praying about something you need to be speaking to. When you speak to it, you're commanding that thing. When you, you've already got the authority. You've already gotten the privilege. God said, you speak to it. God, come down here and move this. You speak to it, whatever your mountain is. There is no mountain too high. There is no valley too low that God cannot move if you and I will begin to exercise our faith. There have been some of you who said, well, my, my loved one, uh, you know, the heart is hard. God can change hearts. You just keep praying. Stop going according to what you see and keep going to God. Why? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. You keep speaking concerning that. They will come out of this, this situation. Oh, you see, we keep calling ourselves speaking to a mountain and we talking to everybody else about the mountain. Y'all see what I'm going through? No, I don't know why I got to go through this. And some of y'all just love the pity party. You just want to get, oh, baby, that's all right. God know where you are. He knows your heart. Oh, shut up. Speak to the mountain and begin to talk in your faith what God has given you. Declare this thing is gone. Declare it is gone. If I can get somebody to agree with me in faith. Why you want somebody to agree with you? You don't even have faith. Come on now. We need to speak to our own mountain. Speak to it. Speak to it. Use the faith God has given you. Don't be afraid. Just stand up and know this thing is going to move. Satan, you getting up out of here. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You are going. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Satan is telling you I'm not going nowhere. But I tell you what, you keep on. You getting up out of here. I refuse to keep talking to you. You get under my feet. Get out of here. The blood of Jesus is against you. Get me here. You begin to speak. Oh, you got to speak with the authority and speak with faith, knowing what has been given to you. Mm. So in other words, stop praying about something you need to be speaking to. You see, when you're speaking to it, you are commanding it. You are using the authority. Is that what Jesus, God told you and I in the, what he told Adam, brother? I, I give unto you every, every herb bearing seed in the garden in Genesis, what he says, I've given unto you the authority in that garden. I've given to you authority over everything I've created at this point. So why then aren't we using our authority? You have the authority. Some of us are mealy mouth. God, uh, uh, I, I need to be right with you. I need love. Okay, okay. You see, there are some things that nullify us receiving. 
Can I tell you another thing? I told you that you're, uh, in, in terms of some of this stuff, we're asking the myth. What about the fact, or, or the wrong motive? What about the fact that I can't stand some of you? So I, why is it that I'm going to expect God going to answer my prayers? You got an art against people. Jesus says, when you pray, he says, and forgive us this day as we forgive those who trespass against us. Why is it their trespass against you is greater than your forgiveness of them? I can't forgive them. Uh-uh. I can't forgive them. If you know, Jesus says, do you know what your trespass has been against me? I was made sin that you would be made the righteousness of God. I took on all of your sins. If I can forgive you of yours, how dare you say that you are one of mine and you cannot forgive your neighbor of theirs? Oh, some of us, I love the Lord. Oh, how I love the Lord. And you can speak to the Lord all day, but won't speak to your neighbor right next door. Huh? Oh, something wrong up in here. Oh, no, no. You see, there are some things that begin to invalidate what we are asking for. I'll tell you another thing that invalidates an unharmonious spirit between a husband and wife. You think uh, that, that, that your prayers can be answered when you keep trying to create the negativity in the situation? It hinders your prayers. So you have to begin to speak in these situations. Now, I can't speak to change my spouse's mouth or mine, but I can speak, Lord, as you change mighty courses of river, you can change it. And I need you to know, sometimes when I'm praying for God to change you, you know, he changed me. He gets rid of my rough edges. He gets rid of my pride. He gets rid of my arrogance. He gets rid of, you know. So we got to understand there are some things that can nullify us receiving. And so people are declaring, I've been speaking to this mountain all day long and nothing happened. I need you to find out, did you? Did you speak to it? Did you speak to it? You see, the God kind of faith is, a, is an understanding of knowing that when you say it, it's going to happen. I went to the hospital and I visited a man and this man was all swollen up and I looked at the appearance and I said, this man is not going to be here long. That was what was in my mind, but I refused to let it come out of my heart. And so somehow I laid hands and I just began to pray. Pray that God will heal him. You see, saints, when I'm speaking, I'm going to speak with the authority given to me. I'm not trying to get in this gray area, Lord, if it be your will. Lord, I'm going to what your word to say, and I'm going according to that. If it's your will, then you will, thy will be done in heaven and in earth. So I begin to declare what the word of God declares. Stop looking at your problem and telling your problem how weak you are. Look to your God and tell your problem how strong your God is. You speak to your problem. Oh, no. I don't care what it is. You getting up out of here. Uh-huh. Lack of finances, you getting up out of here, I'm blessed. God is, going, is blessing me. I'm not going to say God is going to because when Jesus paid the cost, he paid for everything and we got all the benefits that he's already purchased. So we have everything already pertaining to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. You think, you think that you got to keep asking for something you don't have. God is asking you, why don't you ask me for what's already given to you? Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. You see, the God kind of faith speaks what it believes. You speak what it believes. Stop talking problems. Speak what you believe. Trust God at this point. Now, I need you to know some of us are going to have to grow up in this area a little bit. Because, you see, our faith may not be there. Then you speak according to where your faith is. You trust God. Grow me up, Lord. Help me to see you at work. And the more you begin to see God at work in little things, your faith is growing to believe him for the big things. Uh-huh. Uh. Proverbs 13 says that uh, the one who guards his mouth 
preserves his life. The one who opened wide his lips comes to ruin. In other words, you got to guard your speech. Guard what's coming out of your mouth. Now, do you know that the word of God declares that when you have so much people who do a lot of talking, eventually there's going to be sin that's going to come somewhere in the middle. Uh-huh. They may not start out that way, but let them keep talking. Somewhere down there, there's blowing up. There's, a, there's now swelling all this. There's now changing some things or whatever. Eventually, sin will come in the middle. So you need to keep let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. So we need to guard our mouth. Why? Because our mouths can begin to nullify what God wants to do in our lives. Our mouth. It begins to nullify our faith. You know, when I look at Proverbs 21, 23, the scripture declares, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. Sometimes we're too fast to speak on sometimes. That's why the word of God says, be quick to hear, but slow to speak. Some of us, we haven't even heard the matter. Well, I'm, and they interrupt him. My thing is, why are you interrupting? Don't you hear me talking? Why you can't wait until I'm finished? You see, it's at this point, you got to look at an unruly spirit. I got to say this and I got to cut you off and whatever. No! You can't answer a matter if you don't hear it. So, at this point, the word of God says, you have to guard your mouth so that don't be so quick to speak. Listen for them. Listen. Hear the whole matter. And then begin to speak. Why? Because you see, some of our speaking when we're hurting can be something that nullifies our faith. Now tell me, when you're in your dilemma, your problem, your mountain, you're facing, and it's at this point, it is getting the best of you. I mean, it's tearing you up and down. You can't get any relief. You can't sleep. You're full of anxiety and stress all about it. You're sweating and you're going through all these conniptions and everything. What you're saying is that you believe what your problem is saying more than you believe what God's word says. If your problem is a relationship, don't you know God's word says he is a repairer of the breach? If your problem is finances, don't you know God says that, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? If your problem is healing or sickness or whatever, don't you know that you, God's word is declared by his stripes, you were healed. It's already done. It's already done. So we have to begin to declare what God has already did and bring it right now to bear in on our problem right now. Right now. Negative statements begin to negate what God's word says. I know the word of God said, but what about this? That's why I'm ready to throw my shoe at some folks. Well, what about this? I know, but. No, it is never a but. The moment you get into the but, you have already at this point nullified what the word says. Stay with the word. At this point, if you, so when I'm staying at the word, literally, what am I saying? I'm not going by what I see, what I think, what I feel. I'm going by thy word, O oh God, is settled forever. Thy word. Numbers 23, 19. Your word, Lord God. You're not a man that you should lie. You said it. You will bring it to pass. Your word, Lord. Hebrews 13 and 5. God, you declare your word. You will never leave me, nor will you forsake me. Oh. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, I wish above, above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Your word. Jeremiah 29 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace. To give you a good and an expected end. Your word. If I be for you, who can be against you? No weapon form. Against you. Thy word, oh God, thy word. So in other words, when I get enough of the word in me, I have to keep meditating on that word 
day and night. Then I will make my way straight and I will have good success. I got to meditate on it. It's not a one-time thing. It's no, I'm going to keep remembering what God's word says. You ask any child, uh, any young child that you told them in January, I'm going to give you a bicycle for Christmas. They're going to remember throughout the whole year that bicycle that you promised them. But why is it that we fail to remember what God has promised us in his word? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply. Oh, my God. So what am I saying? I'm saying life and death are in the power Too many folks don't realize you nullify the very things you're praying about when you begin to speak negatively against it. Well, I know I asked God that, but I don't think he's going to give it to me. Where the God says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he's going to receive anything of the Lord. So in other words, we need to trust God. Our faith is you put your trust in the word of God and hang on to the word of God. Now, let me tell you about that word. You can read this word, and it's a logos word, a written word. But you need that word to somehow get out of that page and get inside you, and it becomes a rhema word. It's a word just for you. I was shared with my wife. I got a word from the Lord, and I shared with her what God declared, and and she haphazardly, haphazardly or, or not full, uh, in full confidence or agreement, okay, all right, 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 right. But when it happened, I said, remember when I told you this. You see, saints, God will give you a rhema word concerning your situation about changing your predicament, about doing some things. And when you hear that word, you better hold on to that word and don't let it slip. Because God will honor that which he says. He will honor his word. Uh, I remember prophecies concerning God blessing me financially. Boom. I refused to let it go. I held on to it. Did I hold on to it because it was something I wanted? No. I held on to it because it had become a rhema word in me the moment that I heard it. Something grabbed me and said, that's God. And when you hear that, that's when you better hold on beyond a shadow of doubt. That's God. Word of God says, the day that you hear my voice, don't you harden your heart. You see, God is speaking and he's telling us some things. And as in these things are all in conformance with his word. And therefore, all we have to do is examine the word and see that God will do exactly what he said. I remember when God told Abraham, Abraham, your children are going to end up going into a nation that would afflict them for 400 years, but I'm going to bring them out with silver and gold. And, again, and God told him that in Genesis chapter uh, 15 is when he told him that. We go into the next book, Exodus. These people at the end of Genesis, Jake, Joseph has now ended up in, in Egypt. And now Joseph has sent for his father and his brothers, and all of them, 70 souls, came into Egypt. They were there for 400 years, and ultimately, a great multitude left out. And they not only left out, but they spoiled Egypt. They took the silver and the gold. They got exactly what God said. Even though it took 400 years for it to happen, God brought it to pass just like he said. Oh, thanks God is not mocked. If he said it, he will do it. So stop getting anxious because it hasn't come to pass right now. Whatever you're hoping for, whatever you believe in God for, hold on. Don't let it slip. And you need to learn how to close your mouth. Stop speaking against it and trust God. And if you're going to do anything, you just keep bringing it back to God. God, you said, oh, you said, Lord God, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day 
and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river. And whatsoever he do shall prosper. You need to know what the word of God declares. Oh, don't you get weary and well-doing. You will reap if you faint not. Trust in the word of God. Believe God's word and put your faith in what God has declared. God wants his children to exercise faith. And Hebrews 11 and 6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please God. Oh, but we must believe that God is. What are you saying, Pastor? You got to believe God exists, that God is real, that he is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. You got to believe that he has all authority, all power. He can change anything. You better believe God is. And what is he? He is a rewarder. In other words, it did not say he is a withholder. He won't keep, he won't keep tempting you and not giving. He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So, oh, no, I need you to keep pressing, keep talking, keep believing, keep trusting, keep marching, keep moving. You got to move in what God says. If you want what God says, you're going to have don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you give in. I don't care what it looks like on the surface. My God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Ooh. Above all, I can ask of thing. Oh, hallelujah. So God wants you to exercise your faith. He needs you to close your negative thinking and begin to exercise your faith. Uh, don't keep going to somebody where you pray for me. That's okay when you got baby faith. But it come a time now you got to learn how. Wobbling or whatever. And standing on your own. Because you see, I may not be there to pray for you. So you got to learn how to use your faith. And you speak to your mountain. Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. I refuse to doubt it. And watch God move. Oh, saints. Hmm. God has made exceeding great and precious promises to each and every last one of us. And all he's asking us to trust him. Saints, I'm asking you, trust him. Nothing is too hard for God. Trust him. Trust him, Lord. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that as we begin to walk according to your word, as we begin to walk, Lord God, in your word, Lord God, Help us to walk in faith, believing. Faith, believing right now. Lord God, we're believing you, trusting you for that which you declare. If you said it, we're believing. So, Father, we thank you as we begin, Lord God, to trust. Even more so, you said it, you will do it. Thank you, Father. Y'all pray with me. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Father, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're believing you for the miracle. Oh, Lord God, you can change it all, Lord God. Oh, Father, you're able, Lord God, in the precious name of you. Break the hold by your stripes, Lord Jesus. By your stripes, Lord Jesus. He's healed, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. By your stripes, we plead the blood of Jesus, and we thank you right now. Thank you right now for our miracle. Thank you right now, Lord, for making it happen. Thank you right now. We receive it now. We receive it right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we've got a breakthrough right now. Thank you, Lord God, in the precious name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, right now, right now, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, bring it to pass, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, oh, thank you, Lord God. We receive right now. Open up the windows of heaven. Pour out the blessing, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough right now. By your stripes, Lord Jesus. By your stripes. He was healed. He is healed right now. In the name of Jesus. We claim it. We claim it. We claim it right now. 
Yeah, thank you, Lord. I break it now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, break it right now. Breakthrough, Lord God. Healing right now. Oh, we speak to this voice. You speak in the name of Jesus. We speak to this mind. You begin to think clearly in the name of Jesus. Oh, we have the mind of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Thy word have I hid in my heart, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, even now, Lord God. Speak it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord God. Oh, Lord, we receive, we receive, we receive. Satan, you will not hold this up. We receive it in the name of Jesus. We break it in the name of Jesus. We break it in the name of Jesus. The power over him has been broken in the name of Jesus. We speak healing in his body in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Thank you, Lord God, for victory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're not giving up. We're not giving up, oh, enemy. You thought that was going to be enough. We're not giving up right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we believe in you right now. Shake it. Oh, Lord, loose it. Loose this tongue right now. Loose it right now. Loose it right now, Lord God. Loose it right now in the name of Jesus. Loose it right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Loose it right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, right now, loose it. Thank you, Lord God. You be glorified. You be magnified. Loose it, Lord God, according to that mighty power. Loose it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, no, loose it. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Oh Lord God, thank you, Lord God. Shake the other Oh, Lord, 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Receive it. The name of Jesus. Thank you. Oh, by your stripes. Thank you. Oh, Father, break it. Heal. Heal right now. Heal right now, Lord. Your word heals. You sent your word, Lord Jesus. You sent your word and you healed me. You sent your word and you healed me. You sent your word and you healed me. You sent your word, Lord God, and you healed me. By your stripes, Lord Jesus. You sent it and you healed me right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus. I'm healed, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm healed right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. I plead the blood, oh Lord, of Jesus. I am healed. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, I declare it. I'm declaring it from the beginning. I'm receiving it even now. Oh, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. We're going to continue. We're not giving up. We continue. We continue. I refuse to give up because I'm joining my faith with yours. I refuse to give up. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Thank you for Brother Stephen, Deacon Stephen, stepping out in faith, Lord God. Meet him even now where that faith is. Right now where that faith is. Let it come to pass, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, let it come down. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh. I thank God. Hallelujah. I thank Brother Stephen for stepping out in faith. I want you to continue to step out in faith. We're going to trust and we're going to supersede and see the manifestation of what God has declared. Amen. Amen. I pray that something has been said to ignite a passion in your heart to believe God for even more. Stop settling for something late. Expect more. More. Amen. Amen. As we're preparing the table, I'm going to ask our deacons and deaconesses to come as we prepare the table. 
Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this, what we have seen and all that we've heard. Saints, for those of you who've been watching online, let me declare, I don't know what's going to take place, but I believe in God for signs, miracles that are taking place. I believe in God to answer the prayers in this house as well as the prayers in your house. Wherever you are, I believe in God to do it. So don't you lose confidence. You wait, I say, on the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. So maybe you've been watching online. Drop us a note. Let us know how God intervened, how God answered your prayer. And at the same time, I want to let you know that if you have received the Lord in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior because of this ministry, let us know. We would love to be able to correspond with you. I know we're still dealing with the coronavirus and all the everything that's associated with that, but I know, need you to know our God is God even over the coronavirus. Amen. Perhaps you've been uh, receiving, and I want to let you know you can give right here. Support the ministry with your giving. Uh, go right there on the, on the platform or go right there on mygbca.org, our, our website. And why not give uh, through that platform? We thank God for each and every last one of you. I want to let you know finally, I love you, and ain't nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Go in faith.